You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Well, hello. It's an honor to be with you today and to be able to share the word that God has spoken to me. I'm grateful to Pastors Ed and Pastor Lisa for entrusting me with the responsibility to share the word of God today. My name is Amanda Roque, and I'm the digital ministry pastor here at Victory Church. Wasn't what Javi shared really exciting? So many of us were chosen, or will be chosen, by children in Honduras. Our vision at the church is to experience God, to be the church, to impact our world, and to empower each other. And today I wanna zero in on the part about impacting your world. We wanna see the world change with the hope of Jesus. Jesus' last words before he is reunited with the Father were instructions to the disciples. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The last words of Jesus are, go and tell the story of who I am to people locally, nationally, and to the ends of the earth. And we as the Victory family, we do that. Locally, we do it through big days of service and regular outreach projects. And internationally, we invest in so many missionaries that go to places that I'm pretty sure I'm never gonna go to in my lifetime. And we're investing in World Vision, who are boots on the ground, bringing the hope of Jesus to the ends of the earth. And our tithe, our giving, it's missional. It's taking the hope of Jesus to Jerusalem, Audubon, Judea, Norristown, Samaria, Philly, and all the way to the ends of the earth. But I believe there's an invitation God has for each one of us today to respond to Jesus' final words. God spoke to me distinctly in December, and he said, Amanda, you want to impact the world? Be like Barnabas. So you might be wondering, who in the world is Barnabas? He shows up in the early church in the book of Acts after Jesus gives those final instructions to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. We first meet Barnabas in Acts 4. He comes on the scene as the early church is assembling. Acts 4.32 says, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed any of the possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in all of them that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had a need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So this is the first time we meet Barnabas, and we've already learned quite a few things about him in one sentence. He, his birth name is Joseph, but he's been renamed by the apostles Barnabas, the encourager. He's got a reputation. In addition, he has sold his land and donated it to the building of the early church. 
He is a generous man. We meet him again in Acts 9. You see the church is starting to be persecuted. And one of the chief Christian killers, Saul, has had a miraculous experience with Jesus appearing to him. And he has gone from Christian persecutor to believer in Jesus. You might know him as Paul, and he's probably the most famous missionary in the Bible. And Paul wants to join the apostles and the church. And so Acts 9.26 says, when he, Paul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told of how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And how in Damascus, he preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So it's no surprise here that the apostles had incredible distrust of whether Paul really had a change of heart. But Barnabas lent his reputation and used his relational equity to vouch for Saul. The apostles trusted Barnabas and if Barnabas thought Saul was really converted, then he, they were going to believe it. See, Barnabas was the bridge between Saul and the apostles. Because of Barnabas, Saul Paul's ministry is launched with the, with the disciples. He's now able to move freely about Jerusalem, and he's able to point people to the hope of Jesus. But this is not the end of Barnabas's influence on the early church. He shows up again in Acts 11 as he participates in an exciting shift in the church's mission to the Gentiles. So Acts 11:19 says, "Now those who had been scattered by persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks also, telling them the good news of the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw that the, all that the grace of God had done, he was glad, and he encouraged them all to main retreat to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He, was, he, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. You see, Barnabas plays a really key role in the spread of the gospel. When the apostles hear that the Gentiles are accepting Christ in Antioch, they sent Barnabas to confirm. We see a little bit more about how much the apostles trust Barnabas here. He's going to witness, assess, and authenticate church growth. And then he goes and he tracks down Saul, and they teach together. And then in Acts 13, they go on their first mission trip. It starts out in Acts 13.1. Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Siren, Menaean, who had been brought up with the Herod Tetrarch, sorry, with Herod the Tetrarch, 
and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed hands on them and sent them off. So a little bit further in Acts 13, the trip continues. Then Paul and Barnabas, there was a name switch there. Saul is now Paul and his name's first. Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it and do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life, now we turn to the Gentiles. For this is what the Lord has commanded of us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and honored the word of the Lord, and all who were appointed for eternal life believed. The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. Now, there's a lot more of Barnabas and Acts and plenty to learn from this man, but I'd like to use these passages to help us grow in how we can impact the world with the hope of Jesus by becoming like Barnabas. So if you want to be like Barnabas, we need to be generous. This guy, he led the way in the early church. It talks about how in the early church, everything was shared among and no one had a need. Barnabas sold land and he laid it at the disciples' feet. Interestingly enough, this story is immediately followed by a story of someone who faked their gift to the church, early church, and they faced God's judgment for it. But Barnabas is highlighted here because he brought his gift to build God's church with a pure and generous heart. He laid it at the feet of the disciples, and I just love this image because I think there's something so humble about laying something at the feet of somebody else. The posture's generous and sincere. And I think there's an invitation for each one of us today to give with a happy heart, not out of obligation, not begrudgingly, or not even out of perceived pressure? Will you give with a heart that responds to the hope of Jesus in your own life and the desire to see it go out to the rest of the world? And you know what a generous heart looks like because you know what the opposite looks like. When I was a teenager, I guess some cards had spilled on the ground, some playing cards, and my dad had asked me to pick them up. And in my teenage brain, I didn't want to do it, but I also didn't want to be in trouble. So I made the fantastic decision to pick them up and throw them at his feet instead of handing them to him. And I look back on that day and I think, Amanda, what were you doing? My dad, of course, was more frustrated than if I hadn't picked them up at all. Even though I was obedient, my ungrateful heart made that obedience less pleasing and maybe even hurtful to my dad. I challenge you today as you start giving to World Vision or maybe you're considering doing so, or um, as you tithe, consider your heart posture and open yourself up to the potential of a happy heart. Barnabas' generosity was special. And we can see how a generous heart was in response to being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in Acts 11 that he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. So if you want to be like Barnabas, you need to be an encourager. 
Barnabas was nicknamed the son of encouragement. And I think this is so critical as we consider how the hope of Jesus could go to the ends of the earth. One of my life goals has always been to become like Barnabas in the sense of becoming an encourager. And I think if we each grew to encourage others, it could change the world. Now, I think that to get the reputation of being an encourager, it's not just walking around telling everybody you did a good job. We see that Barnabas actually sees people the way God sees them. He takes time to point to it, and then he takes responsibility and says, I'm going to call this out in you and help you reach your God-given potential. And he must have done it quite regularly to get a reputation for it. And I think it's most clearly seen in the way he lends his reputation to vouch for Paul's legitimate conversion. How he then seeks him out to do ministry together to help bring out Paul's giftings. And then Paul launches out on his own and his ministry becomes more notable than Barnabas's. And then Barnabas turns his attention to the next young minister, John Mark. Early on in the Barnabas-Paul pairing, Barnabas is the lead name in the Bible. But then it shifts and Paul's name is actually the lead name. Paul's ministry gifts have gained more notoriety than Barnabas's. And my guess is Barnabas isn't salty about it. He sees himself as someone who launches people into their God-given potential. And I suspect that if, as long as it's to go out in the name of Jesus, it's okay. He's not in it to create little protégés. I think of Barnabas like the base of a cheerleading pyramid. He's there to like support and lift up the person who is going to shine bright for Jesus. He existed to help others accomplish their God-given purposes. God used Barnabas to bring others into their full ministry capacity. He doesn't shine any less though. Glory, fulfillment, purpose, they're not finite things in the kingdom of God. We serve an infinite, abundant God who can and will empower anyone. The question is, are you living empowered by God alone or are you empowering others in God? And you might be wondering, what does this look like practically? Once I told somebody my dream was to become an encourager and their response was, well, that's easy, that you do that, that's the way you were wired. That's actually not true. <laughs> I am wired to be negative, critical, and to always find a problem. <laughs> but I've trained my brain to look for solutions and to see the positive. But I've also asked God to give me eyes to see people the way he sees them. And then I've practiced saying the positive things first instead of pointing out the problems, which is a discipline. Early on, I set a goal to say one affirming thing a day to someone and encourage them in their God-given gifts. Then the more I did it, the easier it got, and frankly, it's become a bit natural. So I think of it like a tissue box, right? So the first few tissues, you have to kind of tug them out, and then when you start doing it more and more, the tissues come out easier and easier, and then you have a whole handful of tissues, and you don't know how to get them all back in the box. But... <laughs> Once you start inviting God to show up and to show you what he's doing in other people's lives, and you start pointing it out to people, 
you won't be able to stop. And if you haven't done growth track yet and you want to learn a little bit more about how to be an encourager and an empowerer of others, this is actually one of the sessions, and I invite you to sign up for the March growth track. Lastly, and most importantly, if you want to be like Barnabas, you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt in my mind that Barnabas was full of the Holy Spirit. The scripture said so multiple places. Saying Barnabas is a good man, I don't think that scripture was saying he was a good guy. I think that scripture was saying that he was exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit, goodness. In the passage where many came to faith in Antioch, it talks about the Holy Spirit setting apart Paul and Barnabas for ministry, and then Barnabas boldly proclaiming the truths about who Jesus was. If you want to see the hope of Jesus go to the ends of the earth, we must boldly proclaim the gospel. But to do that, we need the Holy Spirit to empower us. We can't do that in our own strength. And from the beginning, Jesus had the disciples wait until the Holy Spirit came upon them before they went out and started preaching the gospel. Do you welcome the Holy Spirit to speak to you throughout your day? The power the Holy Spirit gives us is more infinite than we can imagine. You don't have to muster up your own strength to be generous, to be an encourager, uh, even to share the hope of Jesus with those around you. We need to be full of the Holy Spirit and rely on that for strength and power. I'd like you to consider one last thing to think about as we become like Barnabas. The thing is, Paul took the gospel as far as he did using new technology, the Roman road system. We are also at a moment in history where we have technology that goes to the ends of the earth, the internet. You can take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Use the internet to share the hope of Jesus. Now, I've talked a lot about how we want to share the hope of Jesus with others today, but maybe you've been thinking, I don't know if I've truly experienced the hope of Jesus in my own life. I want, you, I want to invite you to consider chooses, choosing Jesus' hope today for your life. God has made you on purpose with a great purpose, but the most important purpose is to be in relationship with him, the Father. And without Jesus, that's not possible. Our sin makes it impossible, but Jesus' sacrifice makes it possible. Today can be the day you experience that hope for yourself by inviting Jesus in and becoming a follower of him. I'm going to pray for those who want to make that decision today, and I encourage everyone to pray along with me as an encouragement to those who are making a first-time decision. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you made us. We thank you that when you made us, you did a good job. And God, we want to be in relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for salvation through Jesus. Lord, we believe he died and he rose again. God, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we ask you to help us follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we close today, I want to pray for anyone who wants to be full of the Holy Spirit, the key factor to living a life like Barnabas. So I invite you to stand right now.
wherever you are, if you'd like more of the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can take the hope of Jesus to the ends of the earth. So let's pray. So Holy Spirit, we say you are welcome here, God. Lord, would you fill people with your spirit, Lord. We ask that you would come right now in your power and fill people up, Lord. We desire to shine for you. Holy Spirit, would you just release more and more giftings in your people, God? Would you release your power? God, would you give us hearts that are on fire for you? Would you help us to take your gospel to the ends of the earth? In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so somebody's going to come up and share some next steps if you made that first-time decision today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.